community is when the school opens, Frank and Mamie are the first two kids at the school. Because at the end of the day, they wanted their kids to go to school. And it must have been a really, really bitter pill for them to swallow. Okay. Good morning, you guys. This is Dr. Z. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's early, early in the wee wee morning, like five something. And I'm cleaning up uh, my living room, my, my casa. And uh, just kind of taking away from paperwork, you know, doing the, the bookkeeping. And I really need to do some invoices because it's time I need people to start finalizing and making their payments, right? So I need to do that. That's one of my goals. But I want to um, rearrange some stuff in my in my living room. And then I was like, you know what? I ain't watched the news all week. Um, I found out yesterday that DMX passed. Oh, my gosh. And then the prince. Oh, my goodness. He died. And um, I'm telling you, it's like, whoa, when does this stop? <laughs> um, but with that said, so I usually like, you know, I, I'm, I'm thanking the Lord for a day and just listening to what he's telling me and I got to repent right now because he gave me some instructions about something and I need to write it down and I just got right on up and uh, started uh, I gotta search for something but anyway so I usually like once I finish that you say well let me go and turn on the um let me watch the news since I haven't watched it in so long. And uh, then I saw uh, they having a protest in Northern Ireland. I mean, it's like every little country now, you guys. I mean, and it's all starting with the individuals, the police departments, the government. And I really, it's like people are really getting tired all over the world with this government issue. You know, this control that they have dominance over people's lives to the point where this is where we want y'all to stay. They don't want you to advance. You know, uh, that's why we understand um, why the Republicans, y'all talking much y'all want to help the people, but y'all was holding back the money. You know, America is not lack of no money. And that's why I'm telling everybody legally, okay, don't be doing nothing shysty. Go ahead and... and glean from the resources that is coming down the pipeline for your business, for your organization, your nonprofit, and take that and ask God, okay, what should I do with it? Follow the rules. See what is required when you receive this money. Just don't, you know, I was really disappointed. I really was disappointed. I don't know if they even listening, but I hope you are listening. I'm just praying for you because, see, God is striving to get us in a more excellence way. Meaning, we need to do things decent and in order. Not just because you need extra money, you're going to do what it takes to get it. No, because eventually that's going to come back on you. You see? That's going to come back on you. And the people that feel like, oh, well, I could do this and do that. I could do that better than her. I could do this and get this for you. Da, 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 da. Cancel it. Cancel it. Okay. No, but this is my, my spec. This is my company. This is my job. 
this is not no hookup situation here. You know? And so, uh, I was watching that in North Ireland. I said, man, I wanted to go visit that place. And now they got a, a, a beef going on with North Ireland and British. And um, Britain. You know? Then you got China and Taiwan. They 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 got missiles and stuff, and y'all know they got troops in Taiwan waiting for China. You know, they out they out there testing the missiles and everything. So it's a lot of stuff going on. Then in here in the United States, they trying to um, pushing all these laws for voter suppression. You know, all that's against black uh, once again against black folks, but. Needed to say, I wanted to share this 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 history channel thing about Asians, cause you know now they they're killing the Asians now, right? And they're blaming them for the coronavirus, and they got all these shootouts and everything. And um, I tell you what, they're sticking together to the point where um, they're gonna be react reenacting uh, some of these laws. But I'm just watching this this um, history documentary on these Asians. And I'm just looking at how these people mindset is to come and work and help their families, right? And here it go, goes back to the white man again. I'm telling y'all, I'm sorry. The forefathers, these white men, the forefathers of America, they got a lot of blood on their hand. And I I'm, I just feel like this here. They need to get off their high horse. Okay, get off their high horse because it don't matter how much money you got floating around in power in this world, they got an afterworld, bruh. And you got to give an account for what y'all did to these people, too. Now, the only difference is they know, even though they immigrants, one thing they can never do, you can't never, none, I don't care who immigrated over here from America, you cannot compare yourself with the black Americans. Because we never was immigrants. We was taken. My forefathers was taken and made slaves. They literally worked for free. And they got the slops. The the, the leftovers. To try to survive. These individuals, they came over. Yeah, they had harsh labor. But they was getting paid a dollar. To do the labor that they was doing. Building the railroads between the Philippines and the Chinese. Oh, come on, y'all. That still was horrific, unhumane, the conditions that they had them in and how they treated them, and they didn't even want them to be a part of America because here we go again, these white men, that envy, greed, and jealousy. You don't want them to be part of the American dream so they go and start their own businesses, their own community. You know what they did? They did a law, which they're doing it right now. Still want to do the same thing. Oh, we just going to write it on paper and make it a law. How about that? Go ahead, but you forgot about the ultimate law. God's law. Come on now. And so they saw them people thriving within their own community. And what they did, they banded them. And so I want to let y'all just hear some of it because now they're going to the descendants and come straight out of New Orleans. Y'all know I got to give a shout out to Who That Nation, where it integrated and you got some 
um, some black Americans, because I remember in 1970, about the 1980s, they had a lot of the Philippines, that war was going on, a lot of the Navy men went over there and, and um, commenced with those women, and they wound up having Philippine children and Chinese children, and they was black, you know what I'm saying? So it don't matter what, the black gonna be in the mix forever. It don't matter how they try to kill them off, we gonna be here, right? So I just thought it was an interesting story, but the main point I'm making that I'm sharing before I let y'all hear the rest of this, it's just that these white people, the forefathers, I'm not talking about this generation, no, this generation, the second and the third and fourth generation here, no, y'all did not have nothing to do with what your grandfathers did, but like one advocate said, you're reaping the benefits. You have the opportunity of your whiteness, your privilege. You see what I'm saying? They walk around like, you know, hey, this is our world. No, it wasn't. Because when you listen to certain certain documentary, the white man came one thing. He came and stole, raped, and cheated. That That's a, in, in, all in the name of God. But remember, who is the God of this world? The devil. Because Elohim cast him out. So, yeah, he's the prince of the air. He's the God of this world, but even the Lord say the earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof, right? So, yeah, he's ruling rampant, and he got in the mindsets of these white men, okay? And I'm saying white men because back then, that's who was making all the decisions. They didn't even honor their wives. They just had them like trophy wives, you know. They didn't have no voice. That's why the women movement was so massive, okay? So everybody really need to take time out and just take time out once in a while, once a month. Go in and watch the History Channel, man. They, they can inform you on a lot of stuff and get your mind in the right place to the point where now you see why the protest is going on, the advocacy is going on, you know, why it's wrong to be... Uh, the voter suppression law that they didn't pass it, and now they're trying to pass it from East State. It's to block, it's to block the black community from voting and all other minorities, but mainly the black folk, because we have, we are the majority. They keep saying minority, but the black community is the majority in this country now. And so what they think they're going to do, you're never going to do it, because God is on our side. And just listening to what's happening with the Asians and how they treated them and no matter what, they still overcame. You know, but it is something different. I just want to share something different besides still talking about, you know, this PPP stuff and, you know, and EIDL. It really got overwhelming in the last three days because people mindsets, they let other people just trick them in doing wrong and and I'm like, okay, I know I know what you have because I did the work. From what you gave me, I did the work. So tell me how in the world that a person could get you more money off of what you gave me that was legit. So right then and there, you already exposed your character to me. So I don't want to be a part of that. Mm -mm. That person could not, nah. You see? 
you know. So you guys go ahead, enjoy this. And um, on next episode, it is the title of is Asian Americans that they're doing. Matter of fact, they just published this last month, and I guess they had to do it because look what's happening. The attack on the Asians now, you know. Now they're still killing us black folks and doing stupid stuff, you know. But the whole bottom line from what I'm gathering and what I'm seeing from the different documentaries, from the different cultures, the white the white man have to answer to God for a lot of horrific things that they have done to other nationalities. You are not the rule. You are not the dominant. Matter of fact, you are a spinoff of the original and the black and every culture can say that too. The black man, God created Adam, the black man, okay, is the dominant man. And they fear that. And show you how they fear. They call themselves banning these Asians from being in America now. Because why? Because you guys didn't want to hire them anymore. You didn't want them to go to the schools either. So they created their own school. They created their own businesses. And because they saw their labor, they was making it without them. They got mad. That, and I'm just paraphrasing, but it's like, wait a minute. They going on without us? Oh, we got to stop this here because we end up, you know. You know I, well, how, how can a person even think like that? First of all, you push them to start their own because you didn't want them to work. You know, oh, no, why y'all hiring all the Asian and Chinese? We want to work too. Well, at first you didn't want to work because you sure had them working. So now all y'all big, okay, I'm going to work. Now I'm going to go work in the coal mine. I'm going to go work and do the labor. But we want more money. Okay, so y'all going to give each other more money, but y'all going to pay them people $1. $1 to do them railroads. Boy, I tell you. So I just did a, a whole, and now I just look, I say, wow, they have a lot to give an account for. Don't you think if I know if I would have done all that kind of damage, Man, I'll be repenting and be trying to do good to every man to make sure my soul don't wind up in hell. Because guess what? Their soul's going to wind up in hell. It's like, do y'all really know, you know, Bill Gates on the outer parts, in the, in the eyes of others, you doing a very fabulous job. You slinging money here, foundation here, but behind closed doors, your heart, my Lord. Do you really think you're going to enter in the heavenly realm for what's really behind the scene or we all right let's rewind what's really motivating your actions so that's why i say what is really motivating your actions see when when oh and i know i'm going off see okay i'm gonna use this 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 ppp thing what motivated my actions number one i already knew our community our, our community was lack of knowledge of it and understanding. Number two, I am in business. I know I can be an awesome resource for anybody that need help with it. And number three, I know they're going to have to have their paperwork or whatever. So my motive was, okay, let me help these people and let them know when it's time, hey, you don't have to pay me for that. But when the time comes, you're going to have to have your paperwork then that's my business. Okay? 
So to gain business, I had to sew in some type of information so we all can be a win-win situation. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do nothing no more that is not a win-win-win. But also, I'm not doing nothing mischievous either. Because even with the payment for the bookkeeping and the paperwork and all of that, they still don't have to even touch their money. It comes out of the money. And they can write it off as a business expense. Come on now. Every person that submitted an application on their behalf, I did not charge them one dime. Now the ones that needed their tax return done, yeah, you got charged for that. Okay, yes, yes, you gonna pay me. That's my that's my business, that's my livelihood. You gonna pay for that. And then it had got so overwhelming, I said, okay, y'all gonna have to do this yourself. This is what you do. Da 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 da. Put the number in there, the email email address. Now y'all gotta monitor your own stuff. I'm not able to do this no more. This is overwhelming because now I got other other um, projects coming in that I have to complete. So I had to I had to stop that two weeks ago. Yeah, because I had ooh. So the whole thing is whatever you do, you guys. What is the motive behind it? What is the motive behind the whole situation? Because, see, that's going to make you or break you. Whoa. And like I shared with somebody, for those pennies, I don't care if it is five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000. I am not going to hell for those pennies and wind up in federal prison. Because, oh, I got things I got to do. I got, oh, no, no, no. Only thing that you need to be doing is making sure you follow them requirements when you get that money. It's going to be easy to get it. But when it's checks and balances, I got a big smile on my face. Because, see, that's, that's where it's going to come in at. People ain't going to do the checks and balances. All right, y'all. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Y'all know. Dr. D start flowing. I'm going to keep on going. But that's all I got to share from me on that situation. And I'm going to um, just integrate. Um, whoa, man. This was just something. Listening to this here, what they did, these people. I mean, my heart go out to them. You know, and I pray in the same sense. They have that feeling now. Wow, now we see what the black folks are going through. But even with that, they still can't imagine what we go through. Until you literally can live in this skin, live in this skin for a lifetime. Nobody can never experience and understand what a black person, especially a black woman, goes through in this country. Nah. In this country, that's why I love when I went to Africa, man. When I went to Africa, man, it was like, whoa, whoa. This is my land. This is the motherland. This is where where the foundation started. This is where God created man itself was in Africa. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And I... Man, with things, I don't know how they're going to do this travel stuff, but I can't wait to get back to Africa. 
and see my babies and hug them and ooh, just enjoy the delicious mangoes that are so big. You know, the fruits and the pineapples. I mean, oh my gosh. You talking about natural fruit. Not this old watered down stuff we getting over here that ain't lasting two to three days. And it's a big world out there, y'all. It's a big, beautiful world out there. And the enemy is striving. He's trying. I'm going to say trying on his butt. Trying to stop what God has created for us. Because he know his time is running running out. The devil know his time running out, y'all. He know it. And you have to know it. That's why you need to do what you need to do. You know, don't take this opportunity. and Because they're about to have another stimulus. I'm just going to give you a little tad bit what's happening. They're going to have some more money coming down the, the pipeline. And I'm just curious about what, what y'all going to do or what are y'all doing now with this extra money. I know a lot of people still trying to catch up and, you know, and finding them a place to stay and stuff like that. But in the midst of all, of what are you planning on doing? You know, what are you planning on doing? That's the question. With the extra resources, what kind of legacy are you beginning with these extra resources for your children's children? Because, see, they had a plan. These Asians, they had a plan. Do you have a plan for your family? That's the question. Do you have a plan? All right, y'all, I'm gone. Y'all enjoy this. Let me finish cleaning up and I got some things I need to accomplish today. And I'm gonna do it. And um, I love you guys. I appreciate y'all too. I appreciate y'all too. Okay. And um just go ahead over there to the boom factor. I know I keep shouting it because I'm trying. I'm I'm building that that TV um, channel over there, and uh, I'm having some trouble downloading these videos. Man, I got videos ready to post, and um, man, it's crazy. But it's gonna get done. It's gonna done. It's gonna get done. It may have a whole bunch of ding ding like, oh, well, Dr. D must be posting some stuff. I'll get some notifications. Let me check it out. Okay, so just go ahead over there to Boom Factor TV and subscribe. Hit that notification bell. I need some movement so those algorithms can kick in. And then Urban Management Group, that's the business side. You know, go over there and just, hey, if you need some information and just to understand how business works, what what programs, what you need for your taxes and stuff like that, that is a a free resource that you can have over there from me, okay? All right, y'all. Love you guys. I really do. I appreciate the prayers. Um, Man, I'm excited what God is doing in my life, what he's doing in my children's life. I'm excited what he's doing in your life. And I want to hear about it. Just send me some messages or something. I'll plug it in, you know. Let me know what's going on in your life. Any information that I've shared, did it help you? Did it get you started a business or get your taxes done properly? You know what I'm saying? Just share with me. Come on. Share with me. 
what's happening with y'all there. Okay? All right. God bless. All right, you guys. I want y'all just to take time out to listen to this episode about the Asian Americans and enjoy. It's always good to learn about another culture because I do have customers that are Asians. I have customers that are Chinese. Uh, well, Asians are like between Philippines and Asians, uh, Vietnamese, but they are uh, in different regions. You know what I'm saying? Just like in Africa, they have different countries with different tribes. That's how you have to understand the dividing force with that. Okay? All right. Legal challenges were so important for Chinese Americans because they did not have political power. All Asian immigrants were denied the right of naturalized citizenship. Asian Americans were demanding equality and social justice for all Americans, actually. Although the Chinese are near the bottom of the social ladder, they take their fight to the highest court in the land, the U.S. Supreme Court. Immigrant laundrymen prevail in the case Yik Wo versus Hopkins. They set the precedent for equal protection under the law, regardless of race. A restaurant worker named Wong Kim Ark wins the fight to guarantee citizenship for anyone born in the U.S. Although the Exclusion Act says to the Chinese, you have no place in this country, it's the Chinese who help define American citizenship. My grandfather, Li Yogsui, was a, a merchant. He was born in Chinatown, and he had a store. April 18th, 1906 was the day of the, the great San Francisco earthquake. It was the earthquake in the morning, and um, they were evacuated. And my grandfather realized there were some papers that he had to have and he he runs back and grabs a bunch of papers he's coming out and a soldier sees him and bayoneted him because they thought he was a looter so my grandfather played dead and uh, got up later when the soldier left and joined his family What my grandfather thought was so important that he risked his life for was his birth certificate and several letters of recommendation from white people that he was a, a legitimate American citizen. And that's what you needed at that time. That was worth your life.
my grandfather, he would go back and forth to China. But every time he traveled, his papers were checked. He wanted his family with him. So he brought his family on one of the trips and had them staying in Shanghai. In September 1922, he was coming back and he died on board ship. Oh, Lord. My grandmother realized she had to go back to the United States, and these were American-born children. My mother and her, her three sisters. My mother said it was so exciting when they reached the Golden Gate. They could see the city, and they were jumping up with joy. And then she said, and then to be stopped. Angel Island Immigration Station, which opened in 1910, is the chief point of entry for immigrants from across Asia. They had an inspection at the dock. The children were released because they were American citizens. But my grandmother's papers, they officially said, this is Wang Shi, wife of Li. Yoksui. The inspector said, you're a widow. You have, your husband is not with you. A widow has no status. And she was detained. She was taken to Angel Island. Angel Island has been called the Ellis Island of the West. Nothing can be farther from the truth. Ellis Island, with the Statue of Liberty, represents immigrants being welcome. Angel Island meant exclusion. It meant interrogation. It was a place to be feared. My grandmother was detained on Angel Island for 15 and a half months. Wow. In 1977, Connie took her mother back to Angel Island for the first time in 50 years. Oh, wow. My mother would take the ferry with her sister to visit her mother. She would try to visit like twice a week. They could only talk like through a barrier for like 15 minutes. My grandmother told my mother, when um, you leave, when you go down the walkway to the boat, you'd look at the window of the, the barracks, and I'll be waving from the top floor. I'll be waving from the window. Wow. And so my mother would um, go down, and she'd see my grandmother's hand waving to her. One of the harshest punishments is to separate parents from their children. It's a, a detention of people who are struggling to survive. Connie's grandmother spends over a year at Angel Island before she's finally able to reunite with her American-born children. 
despite the anti-Chinese fervor, new groups of immigrants continue to arrive. They add to the mix of Asians already in America. Many are sick men from India who find jobs up and down the West Coast. The emphasis in South Asian American history over the years has been on West Coast migration. But from very, very early on, there have also been migrants and immigrants and ship workers coming to ports on the East Coast. One of the, the earliest of those migrations consisted of Muslim men from the region of Hooghly, north of Calcutta, who were silk traders. One of those men was named Moksad Ali. Grandfather Moksai was Turkish. We heard that he was an Arab. I knew growing up that he traveled a lot. He was like a traveling salesman. The Peddler Network in some ways has gone under the radar because that group was so um, transient. The majority of men who were peddling would come during the summer months to seaside resorts and then make their way south. Moksad Ali was one of the earliest to settle in New Orleans. Wow. Moksad Ali and the other peddlers, in order to sell their goods, they played up their South Asianness, their Indianness. They played to the fantasies of the exotic East that the tourists who they were selling to expected. At the end of the day, however, they were dark-skinned men in a deeply segregated society. And the places where they were able to live, build homes, marry, and begin families were within African-American communities. Moksad married an African-American woman from the neighborhood of Treme, Ella Blackman. After I wrote about Moksad and Ella in my book, I was contacted by fourth and fifth generation descendants. To find out that we were Indian, it just intrigued us that we wanted to learn more. So we kept reaching out to Vivek, asking him, well, did you find out anything? This isn't something that I expected. I had only seen Moksad and Ella as names within archival documents. I had never even seen photographs of them. Wow, that is so powerful. 
I can recall my grandmother telling me a story about when they were yeah, Facebook for me too. That her and her dad and the mother went to New York on the train. The kids and the father was all allowed to sit up in the front of the train, but my grandmother had to sit in the back. And she said, well, it wasn't that she looked black. It was the fact that they knew she was black. And I said, well, that's I, because, you know, some of the kids' um, skin complexion is darker than my grandmother's. So I thought that was really weird, but. Moxon was darker than your grandmother. Right. Waiting a while to see it. Oh wow! Most Ali. Wow, 1871. The cemeteries back then were segregated, so they should not have been in here, but they they were buried here. Oh wow! A white cemetery. A white cemetery. So he was known as Indian. Yes. And she was known as black. Right. And even though he was darker skinned, he was allowed to, do, to move more freely, yeah, to do yes. more. See? Where she wasn't. Yeah. See? Breaking the color line in death. Surely any immigrant who comes to the United States, whether at the beginning of the 20th century or even at the beginning of the 21st century, comes here and realizes there is a racial hierarchy in this country. The top is white, and at the bottom is black. That is how it works in the United States. And the new immigrant, like any human being, wants to make sure that they're as far from the bottom of the pecking order as my, possible. My lord. In our quest for whiteness, Often we're trying to say, we're not black, we're not black, we're not black. That's what we're trying to tell the host country. I don't think Asians were always given the badge of honorary whiteness, certainly not during uh, the Chinese Exclusion Act. Even with families, jobs, and dreams, Asians cannot become Americans. By law, only whites and blacks can apply for naturalized citizenship. So to become a citizen, Asian immigrants choose what they see as their only option. For South Asians who wanted to become citizens, for the most part, they made the claim to being white. The case of Bhagat Singh Thind is a particularly important case in U.S. legal history, U.S. immigration history, and the history of how we understand race and citizenship in this country. Bhagat Singh Thind was an Indian from the region of India called Punjab. He was Sikh. He came to the United States as a young man and joined the U.S. Army during the last year of World War I. 
basically he goes to court to prove that he is white. And this case goes back and forth, back and forth, all the way to the Supreme Court. The courts say that Bhagat Singh Find is, as a North Indian, someone from the northern part of the subcontinent, he is Caucasian, but not that's not white enough. So he's not white. So you have here in 1923 a really interesting example of the Supreme Court acknowledging that race is a social construct, right? What the common man on the street thinks is white, that is white, and nobody would consider you to be white. If before Thind there were other Indians who could be counted as white, when the court's verdict comes out that Thind is not white, it has ramifications. Their citizenship were taken away. They lost land because land ownership was tied to this. Following the Bhagat Singh Thind case, government officials came, knocked on Bishno Dasbagai's door. The South Asian American who brought his entire family to the United States because he believed that the United States, unlike India under British colonial rule, was a place where his children could be free. Because of the Supreme Court decision, Vaishno Das Bagai is now denaturalized and his U.S. citizenship revoked. And since non-citizens are banned from owning property, he loses his house Damn. and his store. He is stripped of his identity. He said, obstacles in front of me and obstacles behind me. He could not find a way forward. And he committed suicide. See, more blood on your hands, white man. Blood on your hands. Anti-immigration policies bar new arrivals, but Asian-American families like the Tapes and Ali's continue to thrive. Their U.S.-born children imagine a better future for themselves. is a really important shift in particularly the Chinese and Japanese American community. There's a second generation population that is growing up. They're very insistent that they are as American as anyone else. This generation wants to play baseball, dance the Charleston, and see themselves reflected on the silver screen for the first time, they do. Anna Mae Wong was born in Los Angeles, just outside of Chinatown, January 3rd, 1905. And she was born to a laundryman. And as a child, she would deliver bundles of laundry to customers. With the tips, she would go to the movies. That helped shape her into wanting to actually become part of Hollywood and the movies. 
So Anna Mae Wong's first starring role was in The Toll of the Sea. She was 17 when she got the role, and she plays a Madame Butterfly role where she gets pregnant by an American man and ends up actually giving him the baby and committing suicide. There was always, I think, um, an ambivalence that her family had with her career. So even though she was earning a lot, she was actually putting her siblings through school, they were not proud of her. One of her most prominent roles was in The Thief of Baghdad with Douglas Fairbanks, Jr. The Mongol slave girl is portrayed by the beauteous Anna Mae Wong, who is soon to be typed for every oriental role in the Hollywood spectrum. She did play in a somewhat scantily clad outfit, and I think she got some grief from her family. But it did catapult her into a level of fame. Her career had everything to do with American attitudes towards Asian Americans. I can't believe such loathsome jealousy in you. No love, no jealousy. Just merciless vengeance. In interviews, she would say things like, why do we always have to be the villain? You know, us, a civilization that's so much older than the West. Don't do anything foolish. She jokes that, like, on her tombstone has to say she died a thousand deaths because every single movie she just either commits suicide or gets shot or just dies. Forgive me, Majestic Father. The only other Asian star to grace the silent screen is the Japanese immigrant actor Sesu Ayakawa. He and Anime Wong dazzle Hollywood and project an image to audiences who may never meet an Asian in real life. Sesu Hayakawa starred in The Cheat, which was 1915, and The Cheat was what uh, really propelled him to superstardom, where he became this matinee idol. Apparently, he was walking across the street and there was a puddle and he was like grimacing, and then all these dozens of white women like laid down their furs onto the puddle so he could walk across the fur too. <laughs> Cheat is a great example of an enduring casting of Asian men as a sneaky evildoer who is westernized on the outside but oriental through and through and who has as his ambition to take over the United States either through military occupation or through economic control and most certainly through the possession and defilement of white women. He literally stamps her, burning his, his brand into her flesh. It's a very violent end. The message that perfectly resonated in 1915 with the racial violence that's endemic even though the film was highly popular and propelled him to superstardom the japanese american community were horrified violence enacted against japanese because of that film mm -hmm.
Sesu Hayakawa goes on to establish his own studio to take creative control of his career. And Anime Wong continues to work in the talkies. But leading roles in mainstream movies remain out of reach for her. So when she learns about a big budget Hollywood movie set in China, she sees an opportunity for a breakthrough. The Good Earth, everybody in Los Angeles' Chinatown knew it was going to be the biggest movie ever. It had a huge budget, $2 million, MGM, big studio production. The Good Earth epitomized the height of Hollywood yellow face casting with Paul Mooney, who's white, playing the leading male Chinese peasant, and Louise Rainier. I'm this child. Both would go on to win Academy Awards for their performances, so this was rewarded. blackface and yellowface. It's really a reflection of Americans, how deeply racist American society was at the time. White actors and actresses would be made up, blackface faces blackened, yellowface eyes taped, yellow makeup, and would play, in general, mocking performances very stereotyped and negative portrayal of what they believed the other races to be like. You'd better look out. Perhaps the white girl had better be looking out. Anime Wong knew that if she got a leading role in The Good Earth, it would change her entire career. She was asked to try out for Lotus, the supporting role, the evil wife character. And she famously told the Los Angeles Times in 1935, how dare they ask me to try out for the only negative role in this film? You know, me being the only person with Chinese blood. December 16th, 1935. Darling Fanya, I've made two tests for the Lotus part. From all appearances, Miss Rayner is definitely set for the part of Olan. No use bucking up against a stone wall. Practically everyone, including my friends, seem to feel that I should take the Lotus part if there's lots of money in it. Always, Anna May. Once it became clear to her that she was not going to get the leading role in The Good Earth and that the Lotus role was offered to a white actress, she was like, to hell with Hollywood. Despite the bamboo ceiling, Anna Mae Wong's career spans 40 years in all the mediums of her time. The Girl from Chinatown continues to break barriers and challenge the conventions of race and gender against all odds.
Secretary of Transportation of Chinese ancestry, I have the unique and moving opportunity to fully acknowledge the contributions and sacrifices of these laborers of Chinese heritage. We know well the consequences of immigration exclusion, of denaturalization, of deportation and detention. It is a history of always being in the shadow, of always feeling unwelcome. We have to see all of these systems, Jim Crow segregation, Asian exclusion, as being interrelated. Everyone say Mozart and Ella. They are all part of a larger system about how race works, how we define what it is to be an American. We honor the courage, fortitude, and sacrifice of Chinese railroad workers and their legacy in America, which belongs to all of us. They came here with dreams of gold, but many found the promise of something greater. Asian immigrants built railroads, they built communities, they built families, and they reimagined the American dream. They challenged the country to live up to its ideal as a place where people from all corners of the world can call home. and they fought on the side of the United States while the rest of their family was incarcerated. I couldn't believe that we were being corralled to this concentration camp. The government framed it as an issue of loyalty. My uncles felt compelled to renounce their brother. He was considered a traitor. I'm here today so the rest of this world hears our story. That's part two, you guys. That was part one. Part two will be coming up. I don't know. This is a new series that then popped up on uh, PBS to by the History Chain. Americans on DVD, visit shoppbs.org or call one eight hundred Play PBS. And y'all this know why is this happening? <laughs> y'all know why this is happening because of all the stuff that's going on. And see, they taking a stand. Cause see, they remember history. They remember how they put into law that um, Asian Americans are not welcome. They don't have no voice. That's why they standing up also for the voter suppression. You know, and I, I, I just like, okay, you want people to come in. You want them to pay taxes. You want the money from the people. But you don't want to give them that, that power, which is their voice, their right our right, period, it's not just a white right. The Constitution, even though the Constitution was written just for them, but you have for all the people. So what, you going to go back and take the Constitution and take all out? No, no. It's say for all the people, we the people, all the people. 
So in your mindset at that time, forefathers, y'all were saying all the people meaning just white people? Or all the people meaning they have red blood flowing through their veins? And see, and that's why it's such an uproar now. And I believe that's why Elohim is stirring the pot up with all the things that are happening all over. The, the Bible even tells us that the earth is groaning. It is crying out for righteousness. But what do we see? We see nothing but unrighteousness. We see nothing but greed, 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 greed. That, and, and that's all that's about. When you listen to the different documentaries for different nat- uh, nationalities and they come in and it always be the white man see something they don't like or, or like they say the man had his business had his home had his land but because they passed that law that Asian didn't have no rights in America he lost everything they stole that man stuff how you just gonna change a law so you can have control of somebody Man, y'all see what I'm talking about? Man, that's dirty. That was just low down. I'm sorry. That was just low down. And that makes you feel hopeless to the point where the man killed himself. So if that man did that, well, how do you really feel that black Americans feel, especially black men and the women? But the black community, how you really... Why you is such an uproar? Why? Why is such an uproar? Do you think probably now the the ancestors are crying out and stirring the pot for all this to happen? Because it's not just happening in America now. They got riots and all kind of protests against the government all over the country. So I really believe that that Elohim is saying, okay, you guys, I have gave y'all the power and authority and the spirit to live an abundant life. You have to go and fight. Now I'm gonna stir up some stuff. Now what y'all gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna stir up some stuff. You know I'm gonna back up. You know a lot of things I was holding back from the from the devil. But I told the devil, go ahead. He came in and counseled with me. And I just backed up and start, hey, if that's how they want to live, go ahead and do your thing. And I believe that's what's happening. But he take care of his own, you know. So I just pray that y'all enjoy that. Just a little different today on this open mic communication part. And um, just learning about other nationalities, you know. Um. It's supposed to be all the people for the people. And my heart go out to all nationalities. It's even, especially, it's, it's, it's daunting even on the white Americans for this generation because they're trying to understand, like, hey, you know, I'm cool. You know, I mean, man, we're getting all this beef. What, what's really happening? It's the forefathers that have brainwashed. From generation to generation, they have literally told their children, you are white, you are the head, you are above everybody else that's in this country. You have a, a privilege, and no matter what happens, you're going to be taken care of. And that's how they sit there and school those children. So as they're growing up and stuff start happening to them, they step into their whiteness. 
And there you go. They have that that bigoted attitude. Yeah, that's how it goes. But at the end of the day, no, I don't want to be white for nothing in the world. If I can discontinue myself from my generational line, if I was white, I would cry out to God and say, Lord, I want to be connected to your generational line because I see my forefathers wasn't nothing nice. And I'm going to have to pay the price for that in the afterlife? Oh, no. No, 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 no. They can keep their privilege. They can keep their white supremacy. You know? I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking out loud. That's what I would do if I was white. Just to start learning on how they treated people back then. You know? And it wasn't no goodwill. They did evil things. Why? Because they was jealous. Whoa. And greedy. And that's true. Even now, you can't even look good with a white person looking at you like, why you got that on? What you do? They they automatically profile you. Oh, you must be doing drugs or something. What you do? Can't even drive a nice car. How you can... That's, and I heard policemen ask people this. I have been in a car. How, um, what, what kind of job you do? How you can afford this kind of car? Man, what are you talking about? I have a business. Well, what kind of business? A drug business? And I, I never forget that, that conversation. And I had just looked at that person and I said, you better not answer nothing else. Don't say nothing else. Why did they stop us? You see what I'm saying? Profiling. Hating. If I want to drive a nice car, I'm going to drive a nice car. I'm going to get what I want. I'm not going to drive no hoopty. Been there, done that. Car keeps stopping on you every time you're going 50 feet. Damn, car stopping. Then you got to rig it just to get to the next destination. Man, there was some days, bro. I'm telling you. There were some days. They ain't going back to those days. No, no, ain't going back to those days. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, you guys, I'm gone. Later.